to Eternal Love of Spirit podcast with me, Laura Rubio. Stay tuned to learn all about the afterlife, mediumship and different types of healing modalities. You will meet some of today's finest mediums and healers who are leaving the world a little better with their contributions to the field of intuitive arts. I extend you a warm welcome and I thank you for being here. Today we have Reverend Lorna J. Hines. She is zooming in from New Jersey and she is a certificate holder with CSNUI from the SNU in England. She is ordained through the journey within church in New Jersey and she is a trans medium and she does inspirational speaking, trans healing, energy work, she, and she is an intuitive. So welcome, Lorna. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on and speak with us today. My pleasure, Laura. It's, a, it's absolutely wonderful to be here with you and your audience. Thank you so much. And so how about we start with little Lorna and where you grew up and a little bit about your home and family life. Well, I'm happy to share. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a girl from the Boogie Down Bronx, uh, mm. where uh, we believe uh, actually rap was, uh, was originated and oh. developed and implemented. So we're going to uh, hold on to that. But besides that, uh, I grew up in an extended family <clears throat> where each of the sisters, each of my mother's sisters had an apartment in a large uh, uh, apartment house. And so doors were open. Uh, everybody uh, was involved with everybody else. Uh, so I grew up in that kind of extended uh, uh, family background. Additionally, my grandmother, <clears throat> who originated, this is the maternal side, who originated from the island of uh, Barbados, uh, mm -hmm. really uh, established and inculcated uh, all of the family members, not only to religion, um, and we were Episcopalians, some, some used the term Anglican, that's the English part of uh, Episcopalian uh, religious experiences, but she also was very spiritual. And I believe herself was a medium and uh, an intuitive, definitely intuitive. So I grew up in the midst of seeing the relationship between religion and spirituality and that it wasn't something separate. Uh, so for example, um, on Good Friday, <clears throat> She would make us fast after 12 o'clock, which was the crucifixion. And she would gather the children and she would read the whole crucifixion story. Now, this was in the midst of perhaps having an altar with candles that she uh, uh, utilized in order to have certain prayers and certain requests of uh, spirit. So we very much grew up in, in that kind of atmosphere. And in terms of her intuitive abilities um, and healing abilities, she would often, <clears throat> when we were sick, she would lay hands on us and I would feel the power of her healing abilities. Um, I was a kid that 
grew up with a lot of chest colds and, you know, uh, respiratory uh, issues, which also runs in the family. And she would put her hands on my uh, chest when I was having difficulty breathing and you could feel her, her wonderful energy. And another story that was handed down from, uh, uh, person to person in the family is that the four sisters were uh, dolling themselves up to go to this very important uh, uh, dance. And they talked about this for weeks on end. And my eldest aunt, who was a fashion designer, made their clothes. And so my, my, my mother was very good with doing hair and makeup. And so they were perfumed and you know, uh, they were just so happy that they were going to this dance. So as they were preparing to leave, my grandmother, their mother said to them, pull your clothes off, clean your faces and go to bed. You're not going. Yeah. So you heard you, they were besides themselves. They were just, you know, so crestfallen because you know, of course, they're not going to disobey her. And um, so they did everything. They cried, they yelled, they screamed, they begged, they pleaded, they prayed, everything. But she was not moved. The next day, they found out that there was a horrific riot in the dance. People were hurt. People had to jump out windows. And of course, my grandmother said, yeah. I felt this, and this is why I didn't let you go. I just got chills. Wow. She either had a vision or just felt an uneasy feeling. She just intuitively picked up something was wrong. And most importantly, she trusted it. Yeah. Yeah. How many times do we not trust these uh, intuitive feelings or these, these inklings that we have within ourselves? And regret it afterwards. Yes. Because I knew. Yes. Amazing. But I wonder just being from the Caribbean, how ingrained in your culture is that with the healing and the hands and the candles and believing in spirit? Like, is that very much part of the culture there? Well, uh, I I don't want to say that that, uh, unanimously, because Mm -hmm. I do think... um, there are segments of the population that that frowned on uh, this type of thing. Uh, so for some, it's done in secret or in, in private places. Yeah. But uh, do consider that uh, spiritual practices are very much involved with indigenous communities. Um, and well before uh, you and I studied at the SNU <laughs> or the NS, NSAC uh, yeah. or any of these places that these these wonderful practices were very much a part of various communities all over the world, Asia, Africa, uh, every part of the Central world. Central America. Central America, Australia with the Bushmen. And, uh, you know, so we are coming now, we call it a modern spiritualism, uh, but in, in many respects, it's, it's something that was already in existence. Absolutely. Yes. My um, husband is from El Salvador. And so his mother is, we're not sure, but uh, maybe... Pipil, we're not really sure because they've not done it, but she looks very indigenous. And they have 
many rituals and cultures that I had never heard about to do with healing. They have many things they believe in, like mal de ojo and things that I was shocked, you know, growing up in Ireland, I had never seen, but they truly believe it. And there's such a power, there's a power that they carry within them, you know, and that is passed down through the generations that is never lost. And so very blessed to be a spiritualist. But like what you're saying, recognizing that we're not the pioneers, we're not the forerunners. Not at all. Not at all. Wow. And to some extent, um, and I, I hope you don't mind me moving in this direction, some of our work on Facebook with the Facebook group uh, where I'm the uh, administrator emeritus, <laughs> um, we decided uh, that it was important for us to begin to understand not only the contributions to uh, spiritual spiritualist practices by indigenous people, but also the practices uh, that for whatever reason has been left out of the history of spiritualism of, of black indigenous and people of color. So for example, we talk about the Fox sisters and by the way, I've, I've been to uh, their home uh, in upstate New York. And I absolutely felt that the energy was so palatable for me. I had to come out because I felt like I could faint. So um, there's definitely some strong energies there. But at the same time, we need to talk about others that were very much mm, a part of the modern uh, spiritualist uh, movement. Um, you're from uh, the Massachusetts area. Perhaps you've heard of Harriet Wilson. Um, she is one of my favorite um, Black uh, women, woman spiritualists and trans medium who sat on platform with Andrew Jackson Davis. So Incredible. we all know about Andrew Jackson Davis and um, all of the, the wonderful things that he's talked about as uh, in uh, the Summerland and, uh, you know, that he was a, a literate person, but he was able to uh, write and, and speak. Um, but we don't know about Harriet Wilson, who developed a, a wonderful lyceum for children. It was called, it was seen as revolutionary because she um, did things like um, put on plays uh, and cross-dressed, um, which is something that that we are exposed to, but something at that time uh, was not uh, seen as uh, uh, a regular way to uh, to play and to uh, work with children. Um, so we, I think, we have a lot to do uh, in our work as as spiritualists as philosophers, as historians, where we need to go back and begin to understand the extent to which the uh, narrative of, of modern spiritualism is currently not, uh, uh, is benefit of the uh, actual uh, experience of uh, people that don't happen to be white. And are we missing the opportunity to learn about their lives and what contributions that they have made 
to the to spiritualist uh, religion, philosophy, um, and science because uh, we don't know the whole story. We just don't know the whole story. So there's there's a lot of work to be done. So in my Facebook group, which by the way, people often ask, well, it says mediums of African ancestry. I'm white, can I join? Absolutely. We're a diverse learning community that is uh, absolutely focused on, uh, as I said, understanding the history and the actual uh, narrative of modern spiritualism, including the Black, Indigenous, and people of color that are part of the story. But besides that, um, we are very concerned about social justice issues and the extent to which this pattern, for whatever reason, that spiritual history uh, ongoingly neglected the uh, uh, experiences of Black, Indigenous, and people of color. And that has gone on to the present time because we're very much also part of the external environment here in the United States, in the UK, and everywhere, where uh, there are so many disparities between the uh, needs and experiences of Black, Indigenous, and people of color and white people. So we see this carry on to the present day. So we look at social justice issues and we look at the extent to which we need to open ourselves up to being more aware of the extent to which this narrative that I'm talking about has extended itself to the present day. For example, um, I would love to see, I would absolutely love to see when any uh, 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 person is going to do a demonstration with a number of people that they keep in mind, is this representative of what we call in uh, the SNU, the Brotherhood of Man? Do we have, and well, my journey within, we will say, uh, not only a man, but the Brotherhood of Women as well. So, um, but in any case, um, are we making an effort to diversify our experiences with people that may look different from us, but are very much part of this human family that this fatherhood, uh, motherhood of God has created? There's uh, in front of us, so many examples of the diversity in the earth. If you look at the trees, uh, look at the flowers, if you look at the rivers, they're just beautiful examples of the work of spirit and the diversity in the work of spirit. So for us then to only focus on a segment of the human family that spirit has created, in many ways, we are neglecting our faith. And we are neglecting the things that should be propelling us to a higher spiritual progression. Absolutely. And not living what we're preaching, really. Yes, that's right. That's right. And so I thank you for bringing this awareness and for being that voice, but also recognizing that it's a collective effort. 
and it's not left to Indigenous people and African Americans. It's a voice that we all need to take part in and do our own part. Lovely. And we, yeah, and we can do that by small things like making sure that when we do have a demonstration, we are inclusive and not exclusive. And anything really, any meetings or, but it's, it takes a little bit of a conscious effort, but it's our responsibility and we should. And I think it not only takes effort, it takes a little courage uh, because we all sometimes feel we're going to be uh, in some way put down or, or we're going to be rejected. Um, but I often say I am a spiritualist, so I'm not here to sit in judgment of my white brothers and sisters. I'm here to call to attention what I feel needs to change in, in our religion and our philosophy. So I don't sit back in judgment and say, you do this, you do this, you do this. I, I sit in a sense of, that I try very hard to promote a sense of community a sense of kindness, a, a sense of compassion, that these are the facts that we all have been, uh, for whatever reason, uh, neglected in our understanding. Now, as an NSAC member, I will say this to you. Um, I would love to see the NSAC make a concerted effort to welcome back African-Americans into the fold. I know you're aware that for many reasons in the 1920s, uh, Black Americans were expelled from the NSAC and told to form their own organization in reaction to the horrific Jim Crow era. Now I have to tell you, uh, if you study your history, you will see that the Jim Crow era post-slavery, post-emancipation proclamation was really meant to re-enslave Black Americans, either by formal or informal ways, so that churches such as the uh, NSAC-affiliated churches really, really felt frightened and forced to expel their Black members and not promote the uh, brotherhood of man that we all believe Spirit wants us to have. So we had the separation. Now, where I live, very close to me, is a uh, Black spiritualist church that was part of uh, the group that was expelled from the NSAC. They are currently very much uh, alive and well and doing some great work. But when I speak to some of the elders there, because I, I have attended there too, it's I'll tell you, it's much more lively than our <laughs> Uh, 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 some of our spiritualist churches. And this is not a judgment, it's just different. It's very lively. In fact, the liveliness is such, it can really put you into a trance type state. Wow. But yeah. anyway, that's another story. But when I talk to them, I say to them, well, if this occurred in the 1920s when you were expelled and when we had the civil rights movement and you know so forth, were you ever reinvited back? Was there any type of reconciliation and truth kind of uh, forum where we can admit it wasn't us? It, it it was something that happened, but we we want you we want to welcome you back into into our NSAC. 
and and by the way, you know, uh, maybe we need something like that with the SNU also. But what I'm trying to say is that there needs to be, I feel, a more comprehensive, a more uh, uh, a strong uh, move uh, for us to really promote the diversity uh, and the human family, the understanding of what human family and brotherhood and sisterhood really mean. Because if we don't, I think we're going to continue to languish in this less than favorable spiritual progression that we need we need to have they figured it out on the uh on the uh heaven side uh when you read some of the stuff from white eagle what they what white eagle talks about is um people speaking different languages and people uh being in different dress but they're able to communicate with one another even though there's a difference in language because they are able to communicate energetically with one another. So they didn't have to disband who they were or who they are in the heaven realm. They have remained that that's how when we do our mediumship, yes, we're able to bring in the the cultural aspects, the language aspects, the personality aspects of who they are in terms of evidence. So, but I do think that if they figured it out on the heaven realm, that we can take some steps to figure it out here on the earth realm. Um, and if I just may briefly mention, the SNU has begun some work around that with uh, ethnic and diversity groups that have been held, uh, groups on disability issues, and also groups on LGBTQ plus uh, issues, because I think this is all part of this diverse or diverse issue, human family issue. And uh, I have uh, chaired the ethnic minority group along with uh, Ricky Avaton. Uh, we're gonna have another one coming up in October. There's been two or three held thus far, but maybe this is something that could also be explored with the NSAC and uh, perhaps even other groups uh, in, in the Lilydale and Morris Pratt. I do think we need to comprehensively own this issue in our beautiful religion of, of spiritualism and take very concerted, very clear steps towards promoting this idea of human family. Amen. We do have our work cut out, so thank you for bringing the awareness. And hopefully, we can talk off camera too on how we can do that because I have some ideas. Maybe we can hold something. Um, but usually, at the end, now I ask you where everything you have is online. But if you just want to tell me right now, so in case people don't stay through the whole podcast, where can they find this group that you're talking about on Facebook? Okay, couple of places. Uh, my Facebook group is called Mediums of African Ancestry. And if you type that in uh, with the uh, search, uh, it'll come right up. So that's okay. one, uh, one aspect. If you're trying to reach me, I have a website. And that's www.lornajhines.com. Okay. If you're interested in the uh, uh, work that the NS, uh, SNU 
is doing around uh, ethnic uh, uh, minorities, disability, and so on and so forth, we will post information about that group on my website, Mediums of African Ancestry, on my Facebook group. Okay. Um, they uh, they have a, a, a group, uh, and I'll be happy to send that specific information on how to access the uh, information for that group, because uh, my uh, aging mind is not coming up with uh, <laughs> That's okay. that I can... information. Wonderful. Just I'll put all those in the show notes. And just that we're talking about it now, it would be good to have it in there so people can, you know, really get on your group and see all the great work that you're putting out there. It's really fabulous. And I just know it's going to make a difference. And it will, no doubt. And so do you want to tell us a little bit about what your mediumship development looked like? Well, um, I will I will say this. My uh, mediumship and, and intuitive uh, capabilities or, or abilities were very much imbued in me, I believe, uh, at birth. I've, I've always been intuitive. I've always had a sense of something bigger and, and, and larger outside of myself. And I'm not just talking in terms of God, because I did grow up, as I said, in a, a re- religious home, but also very much a spiritual home. Uh, my background and experience over 40 years has been in, in mental health and substance abuse. Uh, I hold a, a license uh, to be a clinical social worker, both in New Jersey and in New York. And I've practiced uh, clinically uh, in all of those 40 odd years. Although my career trajectory really, you know, kind of went up and up and up and up uh, from being a practicing clinician on to be a uh, holding senior cabinet level positions in state government and being over all sorts of different mental health programs and uh, being involved in research and presenting. And uh, by the way, uh, I taught in the Graduate School of Social Work uh, in a couple of different places. And my main subject was uh, cultural competence, cultural humility, cultural intelligence, those oppression, racism, all of those different subjects. So um, with with doing all this and having a private practice as well, since 1993, I started to feel like all of this was not enough. I started feeling like I wanted to touch people with my hands, that I had a sense that I could, I could, help people heal. And so I went on a journey in being involved in uh, lots of different, uh, uh, shall we say, a new age, for lack of a better term. Uh, I um, studied numerology, and I still use numerology in my practice. I worked with a, a woman who was a medium and a shaman and a healer in a group, in a development group for about three years. And then still uh, having this uh, sense about me that I needed to have something more. And so in 2010, uh, I went to a uh, weekend workshop at 
the Omega Institute. And there were about 200 people there, some of whom I have remained in contact. And I was late getting there because the traffic was horrific on 287, which you know from being in New Jersey on a Friday night. So I was very quiet. I just, you know, walked in trying to go unnoticed. And the leader of the training was uh, James Von Prague. And as I walked in, he was on the stage and I sat down quietly trying to be unnoticed. He jumped off the stage. He came straight to me and he said, you have something special. You're going to be transformed this weekend. Now, why I didn't run out of there and get in my car and go home, I don't know. But I was intrigued. And the following day, uh, he was right. He led, us into, he led us into a meditation that I had not done before. And he paired us up with another uh, individual in the class. And then he said something to the effect uh, after the meditation, I want you to tune into the uh, person you're with, tune into their, uh, into their energy and see if there was someone from the spirit world that would come. I will tell you immediately, the husband of this woman came through. He came through with a <laughs> with a, a zealousness and intensity. In fact, he had he had passed from a brain tumor, and so the feeling that I had in my head, I thought my head was going to explode. But nonetheless, uh, I was able to tell her about this man and the fact that he wanted her to stop mourning. Because he said, you will love again. You will, you will, I know you miss me, but you will love again. So this began the, uh, the, the mediumship journey in, in, but in many ways it was just, you know, kind of waiting to be blossomed into being because the intuitiveness was something that I had always utilized ongoingly in my, my clinical work, my psychotherapy work. And the rest is history. Uh, James, you know, and went on to Tony Stockwell, to Mavis Batilla, to Colin Bates, um, to, of course, uh, Janet. Um, and then uh, Janet encouraged us to work with the SNU and have the opportunity to go through their past program. Um, uh, and then on uh, for me to continue with the CSNU. So the, the training, my training has been uh, wonderful. And I believe very much in, in, in training and being respectful of the need for, for us to go through the various steps. Uh, uh, both Colin Bates and Brian Robinson and uh, Simon James talk about the transformative process that mediums should allow themselves and, and engender within themselves to be able to be better ambassador uh, to, to and for spirit persons. And I absolutely believe in that. How is it that we can think that uh, as we are, 
being inculcated uh, and socialized in uh, the various ways and means that we we are we are socialized, whether it is with our parents and with media and with schools and all the way that we are socialized, that there are helpful and many not so helpful things that we've been socialized into understanding. And so I think we need to be attentive to that, that part of ourselves. Um, some people call it the shadow. Um, and some people are fearful of, 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 of understanding and uh, assessing this, this shadow side or this side um, that needs to be looked at and to have some work. If we only look at it from the point of view of uh, the training that we have received to understand, you know, the Fox sisters, um, uh, Emma, Emma Hart in Britain, um, uh, I could certainly go on uh, with the pioneers, that they were the only pioneers, you see. And so if we have been socialized to believe that, then are there is there room for people that look like me in our spiritualist community? Because we've been socialized in a way to understand that the pioneers were all white. So I believe in personal transformation. I believe people need to really spend time in, in development and in, in not only understanding the history and the theoretical elements, but also in the, in the developmental process. And so if you've just had one or two workshops um, or even gone on to, you know, spend some time in the SNU and the SNUI where there's some absolutely wonderful uh, people, Angela Foster, Julia Joan Mole. I'm telling you, she, she is the one that really helped me with my inspirational speaking. It was there, but it needed to be born. It, need to, it needed to confront my, uh, my lack of confidence and my, uh, my fear. Um, there are just so many wonderful people um, that I've had the opportunity to work with. And uh, I think uh, uh, budding mediums need to outline their learning plan and the extent to which they need to open themselves up to uh, all of the venues of learning, because this is not something easily understood in a just having, even if you have the ability, you see, many of us have the ability. It's great. It's absolutely great. But that ability, it's like a diamond in the raw. It needs to be honed. It needs to be developed. It needs to be polished. It needs to be uh, really uh, supported. Uh, I was very fortunate. Uh, I have not gone to AFC, but may, many of the AFC tutors have come to me uh, through the journey within. So I was very, very fortunate. Um, uh, Simone Key, uh, uh, also wonderful, uh, just wonderful people. So you did briefly mention their confidence. And to look at you, I would never think, oh, Reverend Lorna has never had a problem with confidence, but that has been a part of your path. Oh, your experience? Definitely. Uh, I would say uh, early on, I was uh, very, uh, uh, very frightened. Uh, I was unsure. Um, the, uh, the evidence that the spirit people were giving me, 
I questioned it. I, I didn't know if it was real. And then, of course, you know, the whole uh, long term, uh, and when I say long term, because I think it's still going on, the symbols that they utilize the spirit persons to, you know, it, it needed some time for to gel, you know, and I would speak with them about, well, do you mean this or do you mean that? Um, so I think that uh, uh, confidence is something very much uh, to focus on um, and not to be overconfident. Uh, I, I see myself as a student uh, for the, probably the rest of my life, uh, even though I have taught uh, different aspects of, of mediumship and trance, I do feel as though the training is an ongoing experience for all for all people that are involved in spiritualist practice. I, I think it's it's a misnomer on our part to think that we are experts or that we have a finite place uh, in terms of our uh, spiritual practice. Excellent. And then talk about your trance work a little bit. So what does trance encompass for you? Because I know there's many facets to trance, but how does that unfold for you? Well, I started out with a trance healing um, uh, because I think very much part of my personality and character has to do with healing and being a healer. Uh, but as I have gone on to study, I have also uh have demonstrated ability in trans philosophy, sharing trans philosophy, and also trans uh, uh, speaking, and uh, as well as a spiritual assessment. Uh, so I have done all of those uh, different types of uh, trans work, and I will continue. I had a uh, not so long ago. Uh, trance demonstration with a very good colleague of mine, Brandy Khan. And uh, if uh, your audience decides to stay in touch, uh, you will see the uh, uh, information about the next uh, trance healing demonstration we will do. Um, but I do trance privately as well. Um, and um, so I, I, I love it. I love the idea of it, it is, and it's it's really uh, very different from mediumship because in mediumship it's a very active process. Um, but I like the idea of stepping back and letting the letting the work of spirit come through me. I like I like that idea. I love uh, that. I, yes, I like so it. Is that a collective healing you do then online? When we did it online, yes. Uh, we each took turn with our audience uh, and uh, we did uh, a collective uh, healing uh, for uh, the people that were present. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's all about the message and it's all about the latest mediumship demonstration when spirit can offer us so much more than that. Exactly. And why do we uh, limit ourselves and limit the wonderful intelligence, you know, I know that's, that's one of the NSAC uh, principles, the yeah. infinite intelligence. I love it. I love that principle because it tells, it tells us that what we know 
is only part of the picture. It's only a very small part of the picture that this infinite, this infiniteness of spirit is so, so much farther than we can actually even understand in our present humanness. And that gives me so much hope and that gives me so much optimism. Um, and that gives me so much encouragement to continue my studies and to continue my work and to seek opportunities with work with people with that are, are different from me and expand the uh, repertoire of different spiritual practices that I'm involved with. Well, I think that's fabulous. And we certainly have not heard the last of Reverend Lorna Hines. <laughs> from your lips. <laughs> to God's ears. Yeah, there you go. So be it. Um, well, I just want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your knowledge and bringing awareness to these issues that we all need to really take on board and do our part. And just once again, if you'd like to share um, what you offer and where people can find you. Okay. Um, I offer uh, all sorts of uh, individual spiritual work, everything from uh, mediumship to intuitive work to uh, uh, inspirational speaking, uh, my trance work, including uh, trance healing, uh, tr uh, trance philosophy, uh, spiritual assessment. Uh, and uh, my website is www.lornajhines.com. That's my website. Besides that, I'm the administrator of a Facebook group called Mediums of African Ancestry. You just type in Mediums of African Ancestry on Facebook. It'll come right up. We have a big event coming up July 29th, 12 noon. Uh, the Zoom link is posted and we will be exploring the uh, spiritual aspects of men. Uh, and we have a panel of excellent mediums and healers and uh, just wonderful, wonderful men who will talk about their spiritual journey and the various practices that they're involved in and, and aspects of it, aspects of their practice as it relates to different points in their life and different intersections with regard to their identity. So all are welcome. Uh, you don't have to join, but we would love you to join our group because we will be hosting these programs at the very least on a monthly basis. And in terms of the work that the SNU is doing, I will absolutely get uh, the sure information that. about the next uh, group that's coming up sometime in October. That sounds wonderful. Year. All right. Well, you've heard it from the lady herself. So... I will put it in the show notes and people can get in touch with you for um, private readings. And do you um, do churches? Do you serve churches? Absolutely. I've, I've served not only uh, the Journey Within, but uh, our church in the uh, SNUI, um, the online spiritualist church that is no longer uh, working. I, I did quite a work, quite a number of uh, sessions with them. The Albertson Memorial Church, I've uh, uh, presented for them, and also the City of Light. I love that church, uh, Reverend Joanne uh, in Lilydale. I've done quite a few services for them. So yes, I'm I'm open to churches as well. 
Okay, lovely. And people can contact you via your website, right? Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, Laura. Oh, you've been wonderful. And it's been wonderful to uh, be able to uh, explore uh, my my particular aspect uh, with you and your audience. Lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you.